0: You are now listening to your favorite podcast. This is The Best of the Best, Maverick's Guide to Success. I am your host, Maverick Levy. Welcome to the show. If you have not subscribed yet, please leave a review as to why you have not subscribed yet. The reason to subscribe, not only does it help the show grow, but it also notifies you when a new episode drops. So make sure you subscribe, make sure you spread the word. Follow the podcast on social media at tbotbpod. Also check out the network at tbotbpod. I'm hoping by the end of October, we'll have five shows on the network. We'll have my show, Insurance Made Simple with Peter Vitali, CEO Uncovered, levy tax help and we have one special one that i might have touched on but i'm not going to announce just yet the other thing i want to mention before we get into this interview which is honestly it's a great interview so you're going to learn a lot just make sure you listen a lot of this does impact everyone in the country, so make sure you listen up to this interview, but please remember that the discussions on this podcast are for informational purposes only. I cannot predict, nor do I guarantee that you will attain a particular result from the information provided. You should always seek professional assistance before making decisions in connection with the topics discussed. Now, when you seek professional assistance about this topic we're going to talk about, Please make sure you pick up the phone and you call 800-TAX-LEVY or visit the website levytaxhelp.com. Now let's jump right into this week's interview. On today's show, it's always fun to have someone that is related to me, that is my father. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Lawrence Levy from Levy & Associates. Welcome to the podcast, Dad. And I guess welcome back to the podcast. It's your third time, I think, on it.
1: Wow, it's so awesome here. I remember the very first time that we did it. It's amazing how great it's become and how incredible it is and how many people say, wow, you're that best of the best dad. I said, yeah, I'm the best of the best dad. That's my claim to fame. That's funny. That's funny. No. Well, I wanted
0: to have you back on the show for a few different reasons. Number one, you know, we'll talk about your podcast that's you're going to be starting here in a few weeks. And number two, something that I'm going to start with is going to be this 87,000 new IRS employees that they're looking to hire. What that means for the average American taxpayer, what that means for the younger generation, and what that means for America moving forward. So, I guess I'll give everyone a little bit of a breakdown if they don't understand and get them up to speed. That There was a bill that was passed that allows the government to have a budget now to hire up to 87,000 new IRS employees. They can be in a number of different fields within the IRS. But how do you foresee this playing
1: out for the average American person, Dad? I think that it's going to be a significant problem, potentially. The first issue is going to be they're hiring new people. So let's just say that for argument's sake, let's say that your lovely girlfriend, she decides that she wants to get a job working for Uncle Sam. So now she gives up her day job as a social influencer, and she says, I'm gonna go work for the IRS. So she goes through a six-month training period, we'll call it, and maybe the spring of next year, she now is gonna be auditing people's tax returns. So now let's say that she gets uh, an audit for Smith's Bar & Grill or Jones the Dental Office. She has very little training. She's now going to be going into something that she had no idea what she was doing before. And I think that the average person is now going to have a lot of problems with potentially unsophisticated and not very well-trained IRS examiners. And that's sort of one of our concerns on the exam side, which is the technical term for, hey, you're being audited. So audited and exam are one and the same for your your younger generation, for your client base, the problem that is being seen now, we've got a client now, in fact, we've had a couple of them in the recent year that they're in the e-commerce space. And your age bracket, your demographic, they get it. In my age, in my early to mid-50s, I have to wrap my head around it to understand the concept. And we just had a client that is in the middle of an audit, and the IRS examiner had no clue what OfferUp was, had no clue what StockX was. So we're trying to explain to that IRS examiner, the IRS agent, what the business model is and how StockX and how OfferUp play into this. Well, if they don't even know what StockX is, how are they possibly gonna have any concept as to the model of e-commerce? So my concern is that you're gonna have a whole new slew of IRS people that won't know what the heck they're doing. And the other problem you're gonna have is, unless we get the best of the best pod out there to the whole world, or unless we at Levy & Associates increase our advertising budget, so many people don't know that tax resolution firms exist so if you find yourself in an irs pickle what do you do a lot of people don't even know that firms like us exist to challenge the irs whether it's in you owe back taxes or you haven't filed in a few years or if it's an audit scenario so i think there's going to be a significant problem in the next few years i hope i'm wrong but I don't think so. And I'll also tell you that the sense that we get lately is that IRS believes that they're going to have this army of 87,000 new people behind them. So it's almost like you get a different attitude or a different flavor that they just know that they're strong and they can really basically do as they please. And that's not fair. Uh, and that's not right that the taxpaying public should have to feel like that. Uh, About a month and a half ago, we were lucky to get an interview. Uh, We did two, actually. We did one on CNBC.com, which was a print article that came out, and then I was lucky to be on not nearly as cool as a podcast as yours, but it was the Fox Rundown podcast. It was a pretty long podcast for about 10 to 12 minutes. And they were asking about the same things you're asking about. So I hope I'm wrong, but I believe they're going to add more staff. I hope that some of it is going to alleviate just the hour or two hour long hold times. I hope they're going to add more staff so that people can get back to you quicker than they normally would. So I'm going to try and spin it that I think there's going to be some positives out of it, but I also think that you're going to have some significant issues, especially in the audit world. But make no mistake about it the easiest way to make sure that you're okay is to keep track of your records. Make sure that you are documenting everything the proper way. Make sure that you're trying to not pay cash and you don't have a receipt for something. So, always use a debit or a credit card. So, in case IRS comes knocking, you can say, hey, no problem. Here's proof of all my income. Here's proof of all my expenses. And also, you want to build a relationship with your accountant. So, a lot of people, they don't build that friendly, warm, and fuzzy feeling with their accountant. And a lot of your Uh, demographic your listener base on the best of the best it really is a younger client base so we always tell the people that are exam clients. Didn't you have that relationship with your CPA? Didn't you have that that relationship that you could call them and say, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And there always seems to be a a level of disconnect there. So for the best of the best listeners, when you hire an accounting firm, which we hope is the levy firm, you want to really build that relationships. You can call them and pick their brains and ask them questions. So to answer your question, I do think there's going to be some significant differences in the next four or five years on multiple levels, on the collection side and also on the exam side. In fact, there was a letter that the Secretary of Treasury, Janet Yellen, wrote to the irs commissioner and i was quoted on this that and i read the letter but they really are saying collect more tax we want to close the deficit gap so i think that's going to be an issue that's going to be coming down the pipe uh in the next few years and hopefully i'm wrong but if i'm not i've told it to you right here on the best of the best pod yeah i think
0: everything you're saying is dead on and I want to break out a few things because obviously I grew up in the tax resolution the tax world since I can remember going to the office getting picked up from school and now obviously as I get older and as I mature more just this past weekend I was out with some friends all of which are entrepreneurs and have their own businesses and do their own books so is the best way to call it and and are self-preparing their returns and I'm having a discussion with one of them and I'm trying to explain why it's so important to seek professional help. And some of them are making 75,000, some are making hundreds of thousands, but to me, it doesn't matter. Listen, for all of you that are listening now, I am only 23 years old, I'm soon to be 24 years old, but I think the difference maker is the way people are making money now, whether that is e-commerce, whether that is being online and having a social presence. There's many more ways that are unique in terms of what you can write off, what a business expense looks like than back in the day. And I think that's obviously coming with the advancement of technology. So for all of you young listeners out there that are in you know that under 30 age range, you need to understand that. At this point in time, something I would strongly argue is that a lot of these exam officers or exam agents or revenue officers at the IRS don't fully understand the concept of maybe the industry that you're in, if, God forbid, you're ever in one of these problems one day. But I think that's going to change as we start to see a younger generation of IRS employees come into play. And, you know, to play devil's advocate a little bit and push back on something you said is the lack of training. I agree that You know they have a lack of training. And I don't think that's necessarily the fault of the IRS. I think that's because in this world with tax controversy, it's so hard to gain knowledge without going through the experiences and without reading through case studies and without actually physically being a part of certain cases and watching them from inception to them getting resolved. And I think that's the biggest portion of it is you're gonna have a younger generation come in because, listen, as we've seen, we've had the relationships with a lot of these revenue officers that have been in the IRS for 25 years, 30 years, 35 years, and they're starting to retire, starting to, you know, finally get into an age where they no longer want to work, especially something that's working for the government and trying to collect money from taxpayers. So I think there's a lot that goes into the uniqueness of my generation when it comes to taxation because obviously this is something that this podcast was started to combat was the understanding of the tax world and how to file taxes and why it's important. But it's very, very important. Nowadays, I think it's something that a lot of people want to be an entrepreneur. They want to work for themselves. They want to start a business. They want to start a legacy. And you really need to make sure that you're doing everything correctly from the inception of that business, Uh, making sure, you know, you're getting an LLC, registering your business from there, getting a EIN number through the IRS. From there, opening a bank account, making sure that you're keeping separate what's a business transaction, what's a personal transaction, and what we call commingling. You're not mixing the two monies around in ways that you shouldn't be. I think all of these things are so important. And going back to my original opening comment on this discussion was I was talking to people when I was out with them on Saturday that are all entrepreneurs. You know, there's someone in this group that's doing things wrong. And I ask why not do it the right way? Why wouldn't you put your head on that pillow at night? Do you want to have to worry about one day You know, getting audited or one day getting a bill in the mouth from the IRS. And this mentality that a lot of our clients have of just putting their head in the sand until the problems get to a big enough point where their bank account got levied, like our last name, is something that I'll never understand. But at least we can try and educate the listeners from this standpoint as to why it's so important to do things the proper way from the get go. And I think this comes from a viewpoint of, hey, you know, I don't really want to spend a lot of money and hiring an accountant and doing some tax planning, you know, I'm just starting this business, but you want to start it in the right way. You should look at this as the cost of operations when you're starting a startup company or you're starting a small business. You don't want to have to go back and backtrack because then you started to make some money, even if it's just a little bit. I don't care if you're making $45,000 in a business that you own and operate, or if you're making $450,000 in a business that you own and operate. It's one and the same in making sure that you are correct tax planning, that you are correctly paying yourself the right way. And I think that my generation lacks that knowledge and they have the mentality more so than ever of, you know, I'm just going to do this this way until something happens. Just because I think we lost that it's funny you said Uncle Sam. I I don't even know if people my age really understand like the saying Uncle Sam, meaning that that's the IRS and that's big government. I just think that that's been phased out in my generation, and people don't talk about that. So you know, everyone and their mother saw on the news this eighty-seven thousand new employees, and then they start panicking a little bit more than usual, saying, "Hey, well, what the heck's going to happen to me?" Well, what's going to happen is you know they're not going to hire them all at one time and what's going to truly start to happen in my opinion besides everything else you're saying because i think you're dead accurate dad is that you're going to start seeing people of my generation that understand what a social influencer is that understand what e-commerce is and and if you have an understanding of those businesses you understand where the faults are or where the wrongdoings are or where they can use help and so you know i think that's something that really sets us apart from what I'll call competition is that we have this generational bloodline in our business with myself, um, with you, with obviously, you know, your father and my grandfather starting the business in the tax resolution world, being a pioneer of it, is we can take the time to understand these businesses and understand how you're doing what you're doing and how you're making money from that. And I'm going to take two seconds to plug something that we're starting internally in our accounting firm is the influencer team. And this influencer team is focused on social media influencers, I guess is the best way to put it, but also people that are just making money from social media because there's so much unknown in that area and so much is being done incorrectly. Like I had a conversation with a pretty large person on social media has a few hundred thousand followers. And she's telling me that she uses some accountant in Michigan that has truly no understanding of what she does for a living. She lives in LA. She owns an agency as well. And she just said, you know, like they probably don't understand what I'm doing. And so I think it's important that the listeners out there take the time to go through find the best accounting firm or cpa that's going to fit with them and that they can have that warm and fuzzy feeling that we always talk about because it is so important and i think that as time goes on and as we see these new hires coming in i think we're going to start to see a more aggressive Posture being taken in this COVID world, where things took a break and the IRS really took their foot off the pedal to give the you know average American that owes back taxes some breathing room during times where things were shut down. So I think we're going to start to see a big shift in the aggression that the IRS is going to take to try and collect back taxes. And I read that as well, where you know they want to close the deficit of the debt that America has as a country, and the only way that they see you know, is the best way to do it is by hiring 87,000 new employees at the IRS to collect back taxes and collect taxes in general and do audits and make sure that they're getting the most money that they can get out of the taxpayer in the right way. And, you know, I th- like I said before, I think the lack of knowledge that these revenue officers will have just stem from them not having that 30 years of experience to understand the way things get done in a logical sense and a chronological sense as well. And so I think all those things are important, but I just wanted to put that out there for all of our listeners. You know, obviously, as I've been working more in the family company, really, really more in depth, I get to learn a lot. And, you know, I've only scratched the surface of truly what there is with the American tax system and the tax codes and the tax benefits and the savings and how you should be doing things. But I understand enough to hold my own in a conversation and, you know, talk to someone and, you know, give them a little advice and give them a little help because it's just so needed in this world. But Since COVID has really fizzled out, Dad, I guess I'll ask you, have you seen the shift in aggression levels that the IRS, you know, has sort of been taking or has that shift not
1: kicked in 100% yet? You actually told me a comment the other day, like you said, people may not know what uh, Uncle Sam means, right? Your generation? Right, right. You told me something like LFG. Isn't that the let's fucking go? That is that. Yeah. LFG. Let's fucking go. Right, so I have no idea what Let's Fucking Go is, but now I know what that acronym stands for. I have seen a shift, and I think it's in part by a couple of reasons. I just have my own theories about it, but I'm not quite sure, but I'll give you one example. We had a, a client, that, it happened to be a, a Michigan client, and they had a unemployment debt, and the lady from the unemployment who happens to be a very nice lady, by the way, we've known her for quite some time on a conversation that I actually had with her. She said, do you know that your client got 87,000 or I don't know the number. It could have been close to the new IRS agent. Let's call it 80,000 in PPP money. And they owed back UIA debt. And I said, yes. So what does that mean? What's your point? And she's so nice, I couldn't really respond back like I wanted to because she's so polite. I said, so what does that mean? So they got 80000 Who cares if they got 100000 What does it have to do with anything that we're talking about? They owe back taxes to the Unemployment Insurance Agency, UIA, which is Michigan Unemployment. So we go on to the conversation, and I intentionally waited for a minute. And I said, let me circle back to that for a minute. Please explain to me what PPP stands for. Just tell me what the acronym stands for. Number one, she had no idea what the acronym PPP stood for, so I, of course, explained it to her politely. Then I said, why don't you explain to me how the PPP program worked, and why don't you explain to me what expenses that client had to spend the money on in order for it to be forgiven? So I said, give me the 30-second version, give me the one-minute cliff note version of what PPP means, because you threw it out there. So if you're going to throw it out at us, implying that they had 100000 or $80,000 of money and they should have paid their back taxes with it, please tell me how the PPP program works. When I mean she was clueless, and again, I want to stress, she's super nice, she's super friendly, and she's polite, but she had no clue. So in my opinion, you've got a lot of the government employees, could be the state, could be the IRS, and they see that so many businesses that owed back taxes got PPP money, or they got SBA money. But for an example, after I had to literally take her to school in a very polite, professional manner— I had to explain to her that you're trying to throw it in our face, albeit polite, that this client got $80,000 in PPP money. They couldn't pay their back taxes with the PPP money, otherwise it wouldn't be forgiven. She didn't even know that. So I think there's a lot of underlying current where I think maybe it's just human nature, unfortunately, that you know that a particular business that has tax problems got a chunk of money from the government, like the PPP money, and they're just actually... That they didn't spend the money properly, but not too many people that work for the government, ironically, even understand what the PPP money is can be spent on. So while that's a small little example, and it wasn't a state example, it wasn't even an IRS example, I truly think that you're gonna have things coming down the pipe like that, where there's just a sort of bent up concern. And when you had the pandemic, the IRS was put on hold from about March of 2020 all the way through the summer of 2021, not quite 18 months, but IRS did nothing. Uh, And so I think there's a little bit of the bent up level to try and, and hit it a little bit harder. And we've seen this pendulum shift over the course of 20 some years in the tax resolution industry. I definitely think it's switched back. In the levy office, we've got former IRS employees. We've got a guy named Greg right now, a lady named Claire. Uh, We've got a gentleman named GT, uh, who used to be in IRS Appeals. We've got a lady named Anna. So we've got a nice mix of four former IRS revenue officers that all of them, I should say three of them, were at the IRS over 30 years. One of them was only there just about 20 years. So combined, we've got over 100 years of IRS experience, and I think there is an issue. But back to your point, it's really, really frustrating when someone is trying to take a hardline position and they just don't know. That's like me trying to talk to you about just things I don't know. I'm lucky that I could even set up this podcast equipment today that I could get past that as i'm occasionally technologically challenged i could barely even get into a zoom and for the past couple of weeks i couldn't figure out how to turn my camera on for a silly zoom meeting that i had to have and it's frustrating so i think there's a little bit of a generational thing where you know your generation is more into texting and things like that i happen to like a good old fashioned phone call is a lot easier so i think you're going to have some shift and change in that but bottom line is If you do have a business, I don't care if you're a social influencer, you have your e-commerce store, you're trying to open up a restaurant, you're trying to have a a car detailing business, uh, you're trying to open up a landscape company, you're trying to open up a waste removal company, anything in that entrepreneurial spirit, a lot of people, and you've talked about this on the pod, but you're not going to go out and get a car without getting car insurance. Pretty basic stuff. You're gonna get a car, especially if it's financed, and by most state laws, you gotta have car insurance, right? Most people say, well, I'm going to open up a business, but they may not want to spend the money on having their books done the right way. You actually brought a very successful guy into the office, into the Florida office a couple of weeks back that you sat on a plane with, and he was smart. He said, I want to get my books going right from Jump Street. I don't want to get into a problem. I want you guys to do it from day one the right way. No problem, was happy to pay it. But conversely, literally, just this week, the week of Yom Kippur, one of the holiest days of the year for the Jewish folks out there, me included, and you included, Maverick, I had a doctor who said, Well, I'm having my office manager take some classes in QuickBooks. They're not quite up to speed on it yet. She's trying to work her way through it. There's a few things she doesn't know, but I'd rather her do it. And I said, Well, why are you doing that? She's your office manager. She may be great at medical billing. You're a doctor. She may be great at managing your patients and your staff, but she's not a bookkeeper, for crying out loud. And you already came to us with a couple of years of jacked up tax returns that were from a prior accountant, who I believe has now since passed away, God rest his soul, but why? And his answer was, he doesn't want to spend the money on bookkeeping. Now, mind you, I don't care if the number is $500, $1,000 a month, whatever it is, he doesn't want to spend it. But you're not going to go out and get a car without spending the money on your auto insurance. You're not going to get a mortgage without having a homeowner's insurance. So there's certain things in life that you just have to do. You're going to go to the grocery store and buy food if you have to eat, but he didn't want to spend money on bookkeeping. So if the listeners get anything out of this podcast, forget the 80,000 new IRS employees, forget what we think is going to happen or not think, no one's got a crystal ball out there. But what we want to hammer down and hammer home to the best of the best listeners out there is get your books in order. It's super important to do it. Right? We had a client that was in a, a potential client I should say, uh, never materialized. They were in the real estate business, but they said, "Oh, by the way, we're flipping watches." Well, you're going to really flip a watch, you're going to buy a Rolex for 10,000 and sell it for 12,000 within your real estate business. You know, why are you getting audited for crying out loud? Well, it makes sense. Guy ended up not hiring us, but nonetheless, it's just an example. So, get things Straightened out. Get your books in order. Don't play games with stuff. Yep, some of the rules changed. As an example, the meal rule. It used to be 50% in 2020 and backwards. Starting in tax year 2021, the meal expense changed to 100%. Some people know that, some people don't. Some CPAs didn't even know that, which is shocking to me. But you really want to have that good relationship. And I think one of the things that I'm most impressed about, forget that you're Maverick Levy, forget that you're my son, forget that we work together, forget that I now say that uh, I have a boss in life, uh, especially in the office, and you really run a tight ship. But I think you're getting the word out to your crew. You're getting the word out to people out there that they just need to get their shit straight. And one of the things that really was cool about the best of the best was starting off saying the shit you didn't, get taught in school, whether it's insurance, whether it's taxes, whether it's keeping your credit right, whether it's you know anything about life, uh, almost like the financial literacy piece that they're not teaching. So you've all had a great run with now over what? Uh, I don't know how many episodes you have? Over, over 70, yeah. Yeah, 70 episodes of having some badass people on the show, whether it's the badass attorney, whether it's the guy from Walmart, whether it's the guy from Rocket Mortgage, whether it's people on the credit repair, the insurance, no matter what you've had, you've had such a great run with people that are in this industry. And now, while you're circling back to your dad and while you're circling back to the family business, uh, it's newsworthy now. And by the way, I did also want to say that the devastation from Hurricane Ian was incredible what happened to a lot of Florida, particular the west coast of Florida, it's amazing. We actually have an ex-IRS guy who's a former employee that I'm still friends with that lives over in the Fort Myers area. And it's just, it's so sad to see what went on there. It's it's horrific. And I think it's going to take months in order for life to get back to any sense of normal for everyone that got impacted by the hurricane. But last Thursday, IRS put out guidance. A lot of people don't know about it. I didn't see it make the national news and I look at the national news every single day. So people in Florida, if you were impacted, and it applies to anyone in Florida, and you don't even have to live in Florida. If you have an accountant in Florida, uh, you may even qualify for the relief. They kicked the tax return extension from what was October 17th because October 15th falls on a Saturday this year in a couple of weeks. They moved it out till February, but no one knows about that. It made a few of the local news stations, but I'll tell you, it didn't make news in Michigan. It certainly didn't make national news in Florida, CNN, Fox, MSNBC, any ones that I would even flow through. And I look at a lot of news every single day when I can't sleep at four in the morning, I'll flip through the channels. The IRS guidance did not make the news. So now people are scrambling, worried about the October 15th deadline, especially if any of your listeners are based in Florida or you have a firm that's based in Florida. You may qualify for some relief in that. Uh, One of the things that really is important is just to get the word out. Get the word out about keeping your financial house in order, keeping the books straight, not messing things up, not being lazy, not procrastinating. But a lot of people have issues with that. And uh, a lot of people these days, that entrepreneurial spirit, like back in my day when you got out of college, you may have got a job working somewhere, whether it was in the mortgage world, maybe you went to law school and you're going to get a a law degree and you're going to um, get a job at a law firm, you're going to get a W-2. Maybe you're going to be a doctor. Maybe you're going to work for a stock brokerage company and you get a W-2 there. But I'll tell you, a lot of your friends that I know and a lot of my friends' kids, they're more in the entrepreneurial spirit and they are self-employed. So it's really critical that you build that base and you build that relationship with an accounting firm so things are done the right way from the beginning. And I can't tell you how many thousands and thousands of clients over the past 20-plus years did it to do it that way. No different than this doctor. He had literally admitted, I didn't want to spend the money. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%.
0: And something you talked about in the beginning was the PPP. And I think I'm going to shift the rest of our conversation to focus on PPP and ERC, which is the earned retention credit, is something that's you're seeing it advertised everywhere. The PVP was the payroll protection program that you know allowed business owners to do essentially what it stands for, protect their payroll, get money, a loan that can be forgiven from the government. And we're seeing the same thing with this ERC credit. And the reason I want to shift the focus is like we didn't see that on the news about the deadline being extended into February for Floridians. I think we're going to start seeing a lot more news on PPP and ERC because what's going on in that world? Let's break it down. So PPP, that's over with. ERC is still going on. And I think a lot of people mistakenly took PPP. I think a lot of people took it the right way and used it for the right things. But as you see, there's a lot of these PPP cases going criminal because billions of dollars were handed out by the government. And now they need to go and track down, okay, why did you take it? Did you take it for the right reasons? And with this ERC stuff, this is what's really blowing my mind, is you have national companies, you have a lot of startup companies, that are now trying to get you, if you are a business owner, to apply and see if you qualify for the ERC. So, to break down to the basic listener that might not understand what we're talking about, the ERC is something that can be given to a business um, based on a W 2 employee up to what is the amount, 21,000
1: or 24,000? Do you know that amount, Dad? Off the top of my head, I don't know, but employee retention credit is what the acronym stands for. But there's a specific formula to qualify, and there's a lot of companies that are advertising for it now on a national scale. And you just need to be cautious to make sure that you do qualify for it and that the way in which you're doing the arithmetic on it is proper. So I do think there's going to be some potential issues with the employee retention credit and how people are trying to qualify themselves for it. So that's something that you really want to seek professional advice on before you just automatically get into it. And then even some of our clients that are not in the tax resolution world, literally there's a guy who I've known for a while who's a client that is so far from being in the tax world, but a buddy of his through another buddy of his says, hey, if you can get clients to... Uh, hire us for the employee retention credit, you'll get a commission on it. So he's now become a quasi-sales guy for employee retention credit. I'm sure it's legitimate in some cases, but I'm quite sure there's a lot of people who probably shouldn't qualify either unintentionally because they're not doing the arithmetic right or intentionally. So I think that's a problem yet to come. I know, Maverick, you've had some discussions with a lawyer about the PPP fraud piece and how that lawyer can best educate your listener base and or just the world in general, because the uh, I think there is some crackdown on that PPP that's going to be coming, and that's going to be coming for years down the road. So the moral of that story is be cautious with the employee retention credit. If you qualify, great, but just double and triple check the numbers to make sure that you do in fact qualify for it.
0: Yeah, and I want to dive into the ERC stuff a little bit more because I've actually been learning a lot about this, enough where I do feel comfortable to have this conversation because what's happening is the calculation can be based on a loss of revenue or It can be based on the potential loss of business and people are calculating this even if you were profitable but you were in the car industry. Let's use, for example, the car industry is one that took a huge boom. It totally took off, prices skyrocketed. You weren't able to get cars because of chips. So you had an increase in the profit of your business but people that are doing these ERCs Are claiming that you potentially lost business because the lack of cars that were available due to the supply chain that now you qualify for. So you really, 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 and I've talked about due diligence on this show before, you really, really, really need to make sure that you are doing your homework and are educating yourself on the proper way and the proper application on how to get the ERC. There's companies, large ones out there, ones that's a household name that you would know for sure if I said it, but I'm not going to say it, that are having you sign your life away. So if you're a listener and you're a business owner and you're thinking about ERC, Call us, 800-TAX-LEVY. Let us take a look at it. Mention the podcast. We'll take a look at it for free for you because these companies out there, they're taking a percentage of that money that's given to you. So they have skin in the game to make it. So, okay, yeah, you know, this is a gray and fuzzy area. Do Are you going to qualify? Are you not going to qualify? You just need to make sure that the company that you're utilizing to help you through the ERC process is one that you trust because these companies out there are having you right away. They're signing away away. Everything in regards to liability to them when you are, you know, hopefully this never happens, but if they come back and say, Hey, you were not supposed to take that money, you need to give it back to us now, or here's what's going to happen with it now, you know, you are going to be pointing the fingers at them and saying, Hey, well, they helped me through it. Aren't they liable too? No, because you signed away at X, Y, and Z to take, make sure that everything you told them was factual and accurate. So I can't urge that enough. You see so many people, like my dad said, through a friend of a friend or your uncle's. Friend said something about ERC. You need to just be make sure that you're getting the ERC the legitimate way because you know the rules can forever be changed, right? They can be changed even after the money was given, in my opinion. And maybe not so much change, maybe just looked at how the language is interpreted differently. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I think that's a large portion of it. You know, before we get into sort of the final piece of the interview, Dad, I just want to mention. Um, something you brought up and telling the younger generation how important it is to make sure that they're doing everything right from A to Z. And it is so vital, it's so important take the extra time, spend the extra money, even if it's gonna be a stress because down the road, it's gonna be a stress reliever at the end of everything when you know that when you put your head on the pillow at night, you've done everything that you can do to make sure that you're doing your books correctly, you're preparing your returns correctly, you're maximizing on your tax benefits, you're maximizing on tax planning and tax strategizing. So just make sure that you're doing all of those things you know, so that you can sleep at night and so that nothing will ever happen And with that being said, you know, it's always fun to have you on the show, Dad. It's always fun to hear your knowledge and hear what your thoughts are on the situation. So before we conclude the interview, is there anything additional that you want the listeners to know about the current state of whether it's the accounting world, basic accounting or the tax controversy, tax resolution world, anything that you think is vital for them to understand that we haven't touched on before we conclude?
1: Not really in that world, but am I allowed to say how fucking proud I am of you and what a fucking badass you are and how you take charge of shit? And I absolutely love it. So I had to throw that in there. In the IRS world, I think there's going to be some changes like we've talked about, but you just need to know that solutions do exist. You're not just going to roll over. One of the clients that we had came into us and the IRS said he owed $800,000. And within about a month or so, we got the number down to 130000 But what if that guy wouldn't have come in? What if he didn't know that we existed? He's just going to roll over and accept 800 grand? It's crazy. So to get the word out there is really important. Make sure that you focus on, when you start up your business, you're going to have a lawyer. Make sure your corporation papers are right and structure your deal right with your partner or the landlord. So why not have the same piece of it with the accounting world? It's things that you teach out there that uh, in your pod that you have to really focus on, which people really just overlook. They just say, fuck it, and I don't want to spend the money on it. And the fuck it, I don't want to spend the money on it down the road, that could potentially cause you a lot of unnecessary grief and aggravation that you really don't need. But as your father, I of course want to say how proud I am of you. Your brother thinks it's absolutely incredible. Uh, Your stepmom thinks it's absolutely incredible. She's a lawyer, but things that she does as a lawyer, she's not in the tax world. She doesn't know the things we do. So again, she stays in her lane with practicing law right? And uh, I really want to say that for me as your dad, I've now become a big fan. I like stuff, which I didn't even know how to like on Instagram. I see your posts all the time. I see how many cool things you've done. And the last thing that I want to point out, and I've gone a little bit off of your question, but for people out there that are listening to this, it's always good because you want to hear what the topic is of the week or the next podcast that's going to drop. But Maverick, you've made so many incredible connections on a business level, on a personal level, from a friendship perspective, just through business and networking and your podcast and the connections it brings. So there's a lot of people out there who have that entrepreneurial spirit in them, and when you say LFG, let's fucking go, everybody. Let's get out there, (laughs) let's crush it, let's do it right, let's go out there and let's kick some ass, but do it the right way, kick ass in business, Take care of your clients, return the phone calls, return the emails, just do the right thing in life, of course, do the taxes. But the bookkeeping isn't overly rocket science. It really isn't. If you do it right in the beginning, it's not going to cause you to have your hair turn prematurely gray or, or drop out. Your crew, you guys want your hair. Look, I got a badass set of hair, I think. A little bit of gray coming in these days, but I keep my hair and I try not to worry about it. So everyone, Happy Healthy New Year for all your Jewish listeners out there, and I hope you have an easy fast, because I think this pod's going to drop after the fast, which is Yom Kippur. So if anyone did have any sins out there on Yom Kippur, we're going to go into the rabbi and we're going to say we're atoning for all of our sins. But Maverick, so proud of you. Keep up the great work. Yeah, thank you, thank
0: you. And one last thing, and I really do appreciate that. I know, obviously, there's people listening to this, but you know you got to have a sentimental moment when you have a father and son duo on a podcast. The last thing I want to mention that just popped into my head that I think is vital to all the listeners is there's a big difference between you know just your Accountant that you use and us. And I think that difference comes down to the knowledge, the communication, and the tax planning. Your basic accountant, they should be doing tax planning with you, but they're probably not. And if you've never even heard of the words tax planning and you've never had a tax planning meeting, that should be your red flag indicator to call us at 800 Tax Levy. Visit our website, levytaxhelp.com. And You know, we're always here for any of your tax matters, whether that's civil tax controversy, potentially soon criminal tax controversy. Maybe that's in the pipeline. Maybe it's not. I'm not sure. I'll leave that as a little tease. And of course, just regular bookkeeping, accounting, any questions that you may have. If you call the office and you say you're from the podcast, someone's going to talk to you, someone's going to listen to you, and someone's going to answer your question. So thank you, Dad, for coming on. I know you're busy. um, So I really appreciate you coming on. And for everyone listening, thank you for listening listening i hope you gain something from this episode there's a lot of hot topics that we discuss in this episode that i don't hear many people talking about what's potentially going to happen with the eighty-seven thousand new hires with the ppp with the erc those things are right now just in the way i'm looking at them is they're just sort of money grabs for these companies and they don't really care about the repercussions of what's going to happen so you know make sure you you're keeping your eyes open and your ears open as well so
1: that's it for today so thank you dad i do appreciate you coming on can I just interject two last things? One of the last things I want to talk about is Top Gun Maverick. If you've not seen it, I want you to go see it. There's incredibly great lines in there that I'm trying to learn from back in the 80s when it was easy to learn. Now I've got to watch it dozens and dozens of times to learn those lines. But a badass movie, and in my opinion, they named Top Gun Maverick after you, of course. But In addition to that, I want to end it on our taglines. Don't fear a levy, you hire a levy. And the other one that's awesome is you want a levy on your side, not one against you. Live by that rule. You want a levy on your side, not one against you. And if you live by that rule, you'll be all right in life because Maverick's got your back. And if my dad was
0: not a wimp and would get a tattoo, I think you'd get that. You want a levy on your side, not one against you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> apps, or I'd get double L. I'd get my initials. i get something. Yeah, I'd get that right up well, on one arm. Don't fear a levy. higher levy. On the other arm, on my guns, on my bicep, I'd say, you want a levy on your side? Not one against you with two exclamations, but I'm a total wimp. Don't like needles. Can really get my blood taken, but I say it enough. 800 tax levy Give us a call. There you go. Now he's got his radio voice on. Thank you, Dad. I appreciate it.
0: It's always fun to have my pops on the show and talk about what's going on in the world with tax controversy and accounting, but there is so much going on. And the reason I wanted to bring him on, we are not recording until Tuesday, October 4th at 6 p.m. And the reason for that, I wanted to make sure that I could get him on and not use a different episode or not do a solo episode, because I think that this 87,000 title is at the forefront of America's news right now and it was a few weeks ago as well and I think we're going to start to see a resurface pretty soon as changes happen so make sure you're doing everything correctly again visit the website levytaxhelp.com call us 800-TAX-LEVY and I want you all to remember one thing Whatever you do in life, if you're a listener to this podcast, I hold you to a higher standard because you listen to this podcast. You should always be a leader in your classroom, in your work environment, when you're out on the road, when you're in the gym, wherever it is that you go, you should always lead by example. And that's it this week, everyone. Make sure you lead by example. I hope you all tune in in two weeks for another episode of your favorite podcast. Someone might ask, hey, what is your favorite podcast? You should tell my favorite podcast is this one. This is the best of the best, Maverick's Guide to Success. Thank you, everyone.